It's nice that they are responsive like that. I think, again, the whole reason we're doing what we're doing is because the Shopify developer community is such a great place to be and a great experience. And a big part of that is because they pay so much attention to it. Hey, Taylor. What is up, Carl? It's good to see you again. It's it's great to see you. I was really hoping you were going to just uh, do the little <laughs> the theme song there. Final <laughs> countdown thing. I think we should add it in post, although we probably can't, can we? Because copyright, I, whatever. Yeah, maybe if it's only so long. I I think there are rules around that, right? Like if it's so long, maybe it's okay. Fair use. I yeah. Don't, I don't know. So true story. Uh, growing up in the eighties, uh, at one point I was gifted a cassette player, which was you know high yeah. tech back in the day right. and my first audio cassette was europe final countdown nice so, yeah that song has a special place in my heart that's what we were just talking about was having that be our theme song but yeah what are the and odds yeah what are the odds the 80s are great that's man like that's that's pretty legit the first time i heard i, I grew up in a pretty conservative household and so the first time i heard a you know, non-Christian music song that I was really allowed to listen to or whatever was like when I bought my first car and I could listen to what I wanted to on the radio. So nice. aside from like, you know, stuff that, you know, guys were playing at, at football practice or whatever in the locker room and stuff, it was like, oh man, like, so I, I like loaded up on like ACDC and like all this like, you know, old school rock kind of type stuff and people were like, oh, it's so overplayed. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm hearing most of these for the first time. So, oh man, well, see, your parents gave you a great gift then. You were able to yes. experience all that. Yes, but I could really actually truly appreciate it when I was uh, much older. So I don't get a lot of cultural references a lot of times or whatever. But, you know, like now I'm like, oh, this is a great song. My wife's like, yeah, this is like super old. Like this is it's like, oh, okay, cool. I remember I have a friends like you growing up where, you know, we had a Nintendo. Friends like you. We wanted. I remember that some friends, they have one too. So you go over to play and their parents had it set up on this little tiny like 12 inch black and white TV screen. And the only games they have are like the Christian games at the time, which is like some yep. Noah's Ark thing. And some other, it's like, oh, you poor kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't get any of the cool stuff. So sorry. Oh, well. But yeah. Now, now, yeah, my kids have a switch and my mom has been staying with us for a little bit. So, you know, grandma's been staying over. And so the kids were teaching her how to play Mario Kart on the switch, which was hilarious. <laughs> um but yeah, so high, highly recommended if you get a chance to get the the kids to try to teach your one of your your older parents like how to play a video game. It's it's pretty fantastic. Well, it's interesting you bring the switch up because that has been on my mind. My kids, not intentionally, they just they're a little behind the scenes or behind the times of video games because we just haven't really had the time to do them honestly. And yeah, I yeah, got yeah. An N64, <laughs> and I yes. kept my my NES and my SNES. I got those as well. So we play a little what? bit, but they're not blown away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By it. So I was thinking of the Switch, and I know they love Mario Kart because they played it at an arcade and loved it. So mm-hmm. is it a good experience on the Switch? Yes, yeah. And the okay. cool thing about the Switch is, like, so we have this, I can't remember, like an old, they're, they're like these packages or whatever, or packs you can buy. So you can get all those old games, too, to yeah, nice. play on your Switch. Very, very cool. We have the one where, you know, you can hook it up to the TV and stuff, obviously, and it pulls off the controller. So we play a lot of the sports games with the kids. So, like, that was the original reason we got it is our local library had a Switch, and the kids loved playing these sports games, you know? And so it was great for, like, hey, the weather's bad. 
uh, and I don't want to just throw on the TV. Like, let's get him to, you know, play tennis on the Switch or whatever kind of type sure. thing, uh, which is great until your, you know, your seven-year-old daughter destroys you in these little games. Or I've never been able to beat my son in badminton on the thing. Like, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. And he's four. Like, <laughs> but there's no strategy. He just walks up and starts, but, like, waving like mad, you know? And I'm like, I keep falling for some reason on the game. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, last question. Then we'll talk shop flags. I know people are yeah, like, yeah. what is this podcast? But, um... So is it like the Wii where you move the controllers or is it like a traditional console where it's just the... Yeah, some games are. Like you can do that with some games where it's like movement based or whatever. But like there are others like on like a Mario Kart, you can like, like actually like, you know, move the controls around to like turn and stuff. But you can just use like the joystick and stuff too. Either one works. Okay. Because I was trying to debate between the Wii because I think they'd like that tactile experience, the kinetic Mm -hmm. or the... Switch sounds like it's the best of both worlds. All right. I yeah, I think the Switch is the best of both worlds personally. So I go I'd order one right now. <laughs> Put Let me send you my affiliate charge card. That's right. <laughs> cool. Um, dude, you got well. Okay, I promised Shopify stuff. I'll ask you about that later. I was going to ask about your race coming up, but we'll. Yeah, we can end us... on that because that's we'll part of that, my right? that's part of my part of my pick of the week. Okay. Oh, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what have you been working on this week in terms of Shopify work? Uh, obviously, you've been busy cranking stuff out over there in Taylor Page Studios. Um, what's, been, what's been the hops this, hops this week? Yeah, so this week, it's just been a little bit little bit more of the same. We had to do some movement around with the, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, the gift card, uh, gift with purchase. So, as yeah. far as, like, fun, there's, there's obviously other stuff that I've been working on. Finally, in the last final stages of getting a bundler, uh actually launched which was really cool uh i'm really hoping for that to come out and stuff here in the next couple of weeks that's really solid i didn't have to do much work associated with that i'm just like in the final stages of like we had an initial prototype kind of tested out um so that'll be the quick aside um and, and we're in the final stages basically where built this thing out uses the a you know the ajax like the cart api and stuff to just like go and grab all these buttons so we we kind of like build this out just like pushes this array of items or whatever into the cart adds them all at once and we're using some tagging and stuff or whatever to make sure it's done and then that in combined we have to apply a discount code with the url um so then that's the annoying part it has to redirect them back to the home page uh because and i don't know i'll have to ask you about this at some other point too or maybe this is a good time to talk about it you used to be able to with the discount code urls you know what i'm talking about where you create a discount code and it's like, hey, you can promote it this way and you can apply it um, just directly. So that way, if they want to run it in ads and stuff like that, they're like, here's the link. It automatically applies um, it to a cookie, right? To the mm-hmm. user session. Uh, and so we used to be able to like also add some parameters there where we would also then like return to a different place, right? So it would be like, go ahead and apply the discount code, but then like go to this page or whatever sure. kind of type thing. And it used to be you could redirect them back to the cart or whatever. Uh, for whatever reason, like that functionality is gone now, or at least I'm I'm doing something wrong or different or whatever, and I couldn't find anything in the docs about like what might have changed. So what I had to do instead was uh, basically so it re- it hits the home page, but it's, so instead of people being like what the heck what happened, uh, it has a modal that pops up and it just says hey uh, we just added these items to the cart you know kind of type thing, uh, and then like do you want to go to the cart or do you want to keep shopping? That was just you know. If I can't get it to redirect properly, here's the, here's the best case scenario kind of type thing. Um, so anyways, did an initial deal with that. 
they didn't love the implementation because accounting wasn't super happy. We changed it uh, because we were doing we were using discounts too much or whatever um, to get a set price. And then they weren't happy with how it was coming across in fulfillment. We did another way. We scrapped that, tried an app. Turns out the app was doing pretty much the same thing I was uh. doing. Uh, and so we went back to how I was doing it originally and just tweaked a couple of things or whatever where we're just basically discounting a couple of products with a buy one, get one promotion. Um, and that seems to work out pretty good. Uh, so that's going to get pushed out this week. Um, like I said, that was nice. kind of like in the final stages of back and forth approval. But same thing with the gift with purchase, doing the same thing with the discount URL. So um, long-winded way of saying uh, we were doing the same thing, but something either didn't get communicated between like the marketing team and like how we were doing this with development because we launched this free gift with purchase where the discount code, part of the code to automatically add that item to the cart, um, it's looking for that discount code. Otherwise, every single time someone hits the threshold, it's just going to add this random item to the cart. They're going to be like, what the heck's happening here, right? right. Um, so, uh, <laughs> like I said, I don't know what happened, but people were like, you know, all of a sudden the folks from fulfillment were like, you know, hey, we're getting a bunch of requests and stuff like that or whatever that says like it's not um, properly adding the item to the cart. I was like, well, you know, okay. Like I tried it out on a couple bunch of different devices. Works and like, on my machine. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And they said, well, we can't do it either. But like for some reason it's not working on their oh, end. Those are the worst bugs. I know. And so I was just like, all right, well, we can put in this fallback where every single time someone hits this threshold in the cart. It, it totally circumvents the cookie. So it just says, hey, do you want a free gift? And then we'll do the same thing. We'll apply the discount code and it'll add the item to the cart. I was like, but this will show up for everybody, right? Once they hit this, this spend threshold. So is that what you want? And they said, yes. So that's that's just what we end up doing. So it's just one of those things where like, you know, I tell people like, you know, code's, all, code's really dumb. Like code is amazing and awesome because of all the things it can do, yeah. but it only does what you tell it to do. So like if you don't account for all these random scenarios and people create yeah. all these random scenarios, um, it's not going to work how it's intended. So um, yeah. yeah, that was just the best pivot I could make or whatever. So now everybody that hits, you know, 35 bucks in their cart just sees this like free gift thing on their cart. So I think we'll see. It's really... A really good thing you're able to do there you know as a consultant is to not just blindly try to implement what they want to implement but be able to problem solve and come up with those alternative solutions that still get them roughly where they want to go but maybe take into account some of the challenges you face on the technical side so still be nice to yeah. know why it wasn't working but yeah it's just tough. yeah I'd, yeah that's always you're like well can i get yeah ah! that's the tough part it's like okay you know and and part of that too like training um people yeah. who are doing like customer support too like ask these questions like what device are you on what browser are you using like yeah. you know any anything to like help me debug this scenario uh you know kind of type thing so that part of that is that too right but i like how you frame yeah. that like yeah like you're able to ask those questions and really think through the whole process so i i like how you spun that in a way that made me sound but it's true Smart. like a lot of yeah. times we don't give ourselves enough credit like that's what happens when you have to pivot like that making no. sure people understand okay we can do this but like this is going to be a potential scenario you have to consider there, and I, I don't think about that in the moment, especially when it's at, you know, four thirty on a Thursday <laughs> afternoon, where they're like, "Hey, we're having all these problems, and I'm just trying to crank stuff out." My wife's like calling out, like, "Hey, dinner's ready," and I'm like, "I'm in it. I'm sorry." <laughs> Dude, you eat dinner at four thirty? Are you what? No, 60? she's like, it took me like that long to like communicate back and forth and get a job, uh, the implementation gotcha. down. It's like after five. We usually eat like right at five. We I actually so used to eat dinner early. at four thirty. In college, I'd go to the cafeteria exactly at 4.30, which is when they opened, because you beat the line, 
because it, it tend to be a big line. And then two, I'd be done by five, back to my dorm room for an hour of The Simpsons because this is back when you had to watch TV when it was on. You know, there was no other option. Yes, so, yes. That's the worst. Like, now yeah. everything's like DVR everything. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway. no, that's... Well, 4.30 is the best time to go out to eat, too, because, like, usually, like, if you're out, there's hardly anybody there, so it's yeah. always easy to get a table. If you ever want to have lunch with me, you're going to hear me tell you we're going to meet at 11.30. 11.45 at the latest. But, like, why go at noon if you don't have see. to? It's just stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just anyway. next level thinking. Well, how about you, man? What, yeah, what have what you been working me? on? Are you continuing like the migration stuff you were working on last week? Yeah, so I'd say two interesting things to share this week. One is the migration piece. So we've got this big store with over a quarter of a million orders over like three years that we're migrating from big commerce um, over to Shopify. And it's not mm. live yet, right? But we needed to get the orders in place so they could finish the theme work. And then part of it too is there's some subscriptions involved and a separate outside company is actually going to work to move those over. Thank goodness. I didn't want to touch that if I didn't have to. Um, yeah. Well, because I think when you said like big commerce doesn't like doesn't really track all that, like or it was separate or what? I can't yeah, remember so what you said, the difference there couple, and how they deal with that. It's a couple things with big commerce I run into. And I'm no big commerce expert other than you know this work I've been doing. So someone feel free mm-hmm. to correct, correct us if I'm wrong. But from what I'm seeing, you know, big commerce has sort of two ways of getting at the data. One is they have an API. Second one is they have some built-in export stuff. Using the built-in export stuff, you can get order information, but it does not include any of like the tracking stuff. So if you also yeah. want to include that, you have to do a separate process to get that data and com- combine it. But it also does not include any of the payment method information, which is what you need if you're going to migrate subscriptions because you have to be able to bring those over, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I think you, you can get that through the API um, potentially. In this particular scenario, what ended up happening the agency that's working at the agency, the group that's working on migrating the subscriptions, they simply asked the legacy app on BigCommerce that's doing the subscriptions now, like, hey, is there a way to get this data? And they were kind enough to package it up for them and hand it over, which nice. I, that's pretty rare, right? Because it's basically yeah. giving it over to a competitor. Um, so that was mm-hmm. a really nice nice move on their part and appreciate that. I made the project that easier. Um, so right now where I'm at with it is I've got all the orders up till the end of June in mm-hmm. And so while I'm waiting for them to go live with the store, I guess every month or so, I'll probably just go back, bring back over the, the current month's worth of orders that did, and just keep doing that until our go live date and then do one last final. <laughs> I guess, you know, it's a, it's a, like a three-step process, but I got some scripts and things, so it's not terrible. It's just a, a lot of manual nice. work. But it's, well, yeah, like, especially because you've been working on, like, working through all the, the errors and stuff of, like, okay, like, yes. getting this done, getting this done. And so That was the worst yeah, part is, was... Oof. You know, doing 250,000 orders, I think I had a failure rate of about 3.5% that weren't being imported because of various reasons, right? Right. Which 3.5% is not bad, but that still is like... <laughs> it's still a lot of orders <laughs> across <laughs> like 250,000 yeah. plus orders, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was the kind of thing where it's like, okay, there's a, there's bunches of these where I can see like some of them are missing billing information, right? So like, I'll just copy the shipping information, which is present into the billing information. That'll get the record into Shopify. Stuff like that. It just yeah. takes a while to do that. And the tools I'm using were very slow. Like numbers on the Mac, not great. Not great. Yeah. But, uh, I don't you have should just, You should just have something. Well, I'm say, because I use Google Sheets for everything, because I won't even touch numbers. I Every time numbers opens up on my Mac, yeah. I'm like, what is, this is horrible. <laughs> like everything about, but I'm not, I'm not dealing with like something that, yeah. that intense. I tried Google um, Sheets. It, it barfed. It didn't like. Yeah, I'll bet it did. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd probably have to split it up. So next time, 
I, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with SQL, uh, but doing that for years. And so I think next time mm-hmm. I'm just going to dump it all into a database and do it all through that because so much faster than messing with yeah, the spreadsheet. Yeah, but mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, so that's what I'm working on. Uh, one other interesting thing that popped up this week you might be curious about, and I've seen this happen before. This is like the second time it's come up. Someone in one of the groups I'm a part of shared an app. It's in the Shopify app store. I was like, hey, is this too good to be true? And the app's one of those like optimizing apps where it's supposed to increase your page speed scores and things like that. Mm. And it increased it, increased it to perfection, <laughs> which is like, hmm, there might be something going on here. So they dug into the obfuscated and minified JavaScript source. And what they found was that it was essentially removing all the external links to anything on a page load and then reintroducing mm-hmm. them like after, you know, Google yep. page speed and all that would have run. So it's a complete sham. But <laughs> Yeah, anytime that's the, and man, we could do a whole episode on this because I, yeah. I have this big giant soapbox when it comes to page speed optimization. Um, but from the super high level perspective, yeah, anytime someone's focusing on just that page speed score itself, trash, because that's yep. not even, Google doesn't care about that. And so neither should you, but it's the easy thing to see. And Shopify has it right there in the dashboard. And so a lot of people yeah. came up with solutions that were like, let's just fix the number in the dashboard. And so you get stuff like that. The tough thing of that is that doesn't help your users at all. Right, because we're just trying to trick the Google bot, right? That's all that yeah. it is. And so that's a, I think they call that like a black hat SEO technique. So definitely not a fan. There's a couple too, they'll write some um, stuff out in there to basically just like, you know, hey, if it is the Google bot hitting the site, like don't load JavaScript, don't load images, don't load anything. And so like, yeah, we got a hundred on mobile. And you're like, did you though? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I, yeah, well, we can do that as a separate episode at some point because, yeah, I, I could go on and on about that stuff. Uh, kind of type thing. I'm sure you've got some fantastic insights, too, for some of that. But oh, obviously. Obviously, yeah. Speaking of numbers, what's the number four behind behind your big head there? That's, that's the episode number, man. <gasps> that's cool. Episode so number four. That's like the OG Shopify display. This is, well, yeah, this is the counter, and the you counter. can't even get it anymore. So I usually have it displaying, like, like YouTube stats, which I, I'm so disappointed in myself. I haven't created a YouTube video in, like, four months or whatever. I've like busy doing something else. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all this other stuff, man, all these other things. Sorry. Uh, no, it's it's good. Don't apologize for that. Um, yeah, And I'll find time. I'm going to do more videos. But for now, episode number four. I like it. You need, to, you need to remind me, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is it? Where'd you get that from? Because I saw Kurt had that, too. The It's the Shopify Supply uh, website. So just Shopify.supply. Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, I'm not a, I'm not at, like, probably, like, Kurt's level where it's, like, people, like, Shopify's just sending me merch all the time or whatever. They did send me, I got that hat. I participated in a um, something before, and they sent me, like, a hat and, like, a water bottle and stuff like that or whatever. Um, nice. So, yeah, any, any Shopify swag, I'm all in on, you know. Speaking of which, so I know you got one of these too, right? This is the display from yeah, dude. Editions last week. I haven't opened it yet. I thought maybe we could do an unboxing or something. Oh, that would have been. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it with yours because mine is definitely yeah. already out of the bag, and I, I'm keeping it in the box. But I think, I think, I think we need to do something special with the one because I actually had previously bought one. Oh wow! So I have one up and running already. I've had it for months, and but I'll save. I'll save all that for the pick for later. But I think we should do something with the show where maybe somebody gets this display. You know? Maybe. I think that'd be really yeah. cool. That'd be cool. I have nothing else we can at least show it off. Um, yeah. 
speaking of additions, you had a few more thoughts because there was so much that came out in additions last week. So much came out, And depending on you're listening to this, that was uh, end of July 2023. Mm -hmm. And so we covered a few of the highlights, um, but you got some more stuff for us this week that you just wanted to touch on. So let's take a peek at that one. Yeah, so even though, I mean, some of it obviously is, you know, I know this is, this is you know, a podcast for Shopify devs, so obviously there's some things that were more, like, merchant-facing, but I think there are things that are going to really impact us, like, while we're, while we're building things, even though it's merchant-specific stuff. So, for instance, yeah. I don't know if you did see on there, they've got this whole um, new plan as well for these flex sections, so they're going to be using essentially... Flexbox. I love how they pitched it too. Like it was like some fancy thing. And I heard merchants just talking about like, when can we get Flexbox or whatever? It's like, well, I mean, Flexbox is like CSS. It's just, it's been around for a long time. We're just like, they're, they're using it here in the edge. So what's, what's the big deal with it? You can position it other places. Yeah. So it's like, it's much more of like the, like a WYSIWYG kind of type editor, content editor. Right. And so like the idea being like when you add a section and it's got different blocks and stuff like that, they can actually click and drag the blocks around like actually within on the, the page section. within the section instead of, you know, like before where, I mean, you can do that more so in the actual settings themselves or whatever. Um, but people were just super stoked that you could go and grab stuff uh, that way. It's also so, the theme editor. Correct. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's much more in line with like what you would see with a lot of other um <laughs> kind of page builder kind of type systems that are out there. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, so I think, I think it'll be, it'll be helpful for merchants, but I, I do, I am interested in what we're going to have to end up doing in themes to support this as yeah. well, because, you know, I'm like, what, what, what other bits and pieces are we going to have to add in here? I don't know if this is just extra JSON that's getting dumped into the settings, you know, kind of type thing. Cause they're going to have to keep track of that. The position that somehow, my, right? That was my first question: Is how are they going to serialize that data? So, yeah, huh? Because right now it's all that stuff's in JSON in the in the section, and so if they mm-hmm. start messing with that, if you go in and edit it, that could be a problem, huh? Yeah, because I mean, it does the same thing. Like if you're if you're looking into theme settings, JSON or whatever, um, so your settings settings data, not JSON file in um, in your config and stuff or whatever. Uh, you know, the order changes when you change it in the settings, but I'm, I'm sure they're going to have to do something where we're going to have to somehow prep sections so that way it's listening for like those changes in positioning or whatever. Um, I, just, I just don't know what that looks like yet. And they yeah. and it's not available yet, right? And there's no actual hard date either on like when that's going to pop in. Um, so I'll, I'll be really interested to see what that ends up looking like or um, what we might need to do. I'm thinking about like having to update old sections that I've done for people too, uh, as well, because they're going to be like, why does this section not work how it's supposed to now? And I'm like, well, we have to build this extra in or whatever. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious if there's going to be extra legwork or if they're going to do something magical in there, uh, to make that all happen seamlessly. Yeah. Well, we'll have to check it out when it's available. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. Um, let's see here. The other thing that we talked or we did not talk about or whatever, that's another like really helpful thing, uh, for folks is the business to business only type content. So being able to include volume pricing directly in the editor, that was pretty cool too. Uh, so they had, they kind of introduced these both at the same time. There was going to be international specific content directly in the customizer, which was pretty handy. Uh, I've seen that roll out in preview, on a couple of dev stores that I have. So you can actually go in and change 
content specifically based on uh, the actual uh, locale, right? Uh, that was pretty cool. And then the business to business only, um, and then volume pricing was pretty neat as well. Just being able to set that directly in the editor uh, instead of that. So I'm assuming that's also gonna have to work hand in hand with markets, uh, but I don't think there was too much too much discussion about what that really looked like. I'm trying to pull that other than the screenshot, I haven't seen it much, and maybe that's all you've seen too, but I wonder how this will impact. I know some popular stores have a consumer site, and they also have a wholesale site. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if they'll be able to utilize this and have just one store, or if they'll still want to have separate ones. Yeah, and so Shopify's done that already a little bit. Uh, I think this is going to go hand-in-hand. Hand. So on Shopify Plus now, and some one of their B2B features is you can do these... Um, they call them catalogs. Hmm. And so it's tied specifically to uh, businesses that they have. So business accounts, not just customer accounts, but then also like businesses or whatever. So when they're logged in, you can set it up so that way they can see only specific, um, They like they said, they call them catalogs or whatever, but it has its own unique pricing and everything else. Sure. So I'd, I'd like to see how this is played because... I think catalogs is still not super mature because I had someone just move to Plus not too long ago and they were still recommended by the Plus rep to go ahead and create a totally separate store, right? And ex- as an extension mm-hmm. store or whatever in their Plus account. And I was like, why didn't we just use catalogs for this? And they're like, this is just what they told us to use. So I was like, ah, dang, why would they do that? Because <laughs> catalogs has been out for a minute. Um, so I don't know if it's just not fully flushed out yet. Because then once you're, once you're managing two stores, you have to still worry about... Like, oh, we've created a new collection for this. We Now we're gonna have to go over and create it for over here. So there are some apps that'll kind of sync them back and forth or whatever, but you know, that's just what, you know, everybody loves is just like, oh yeah, we can do that, but you're gonna need another app for that. And they're like, why? <laughs> so Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I, I think this will be helpful for both of those. Awesome, what else you got in that list of yours? Oh man, oh buddy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've played around too much with the shop app or the shop channel at all. Mm-mm, so I, I love using the shop app. Uh, so all you know, using like shop payments, right, and everything. Uh, they have, they do have an app, and they have made some updates too to where you can like develop these shop minis. So like little apps in the shop app specifically look super cool. Um, so they just they just mentioned on on here that they've got some updates or whatever to the SDK that they're running. And then also being able to customize the appearance of the store and shop, which is also new. Everybody before kind of got this same kind of like similar look and feel or they're pulling from um, these different areas, but now they actually have like a little customizer type view. Like you can pull in like um, and set everything with your, with the branding uh, settings as well in your store. But then also like on another shop, went ahead and like added the logo, make sure that all comes through the way that it's supposed to look and everything. So that part is nice as well, uh, just because it's another channel. And I think for a lot of folks, you know, instead of having to worry about an app, the shop app is pretty it's pretty neat. Uh, I, I like it at least. It's pretty pretty handy. It doesn't work amazingly in some instances or whatever. Um, I think you probably just have to be kind of like limited, but it's uh, it definitely is handy to have when it comes to being able to like see a bunch of uh, Shopify shops that I've purchased from all just in one place. Yeah, I've never even used it. I had no idea what it was. So it's an app check it on out. the phone that lets you see all stores that you visited or like just host multiple stores in a single app. Yeah, well, so it's a separate sales channel uh, on okay. Shopify's, uh, you know, account specifically. So, like, your online store is a sales channel. They have one just for the shop app. Mm-hmm. And so, 
I think it's just called shop. Um, the app and stuff is called shop. So I don't know if you're supposed to say, oh yeah, it's just shop, but like, it's also like a regular word. So like, you know, I think yeah. it's kind of confusing. I have to say shop app. Is it a verb? Um, is it a noun? But, Who knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that part is is handy at least uh, to have. So I, I would check it out because they also are doing stuff now with shop cash. Like, okay. so you get like cash back and stuff like that too. Um, and it's, I think the cash, the cash back part is only if you're a Sh- Shopify plus site, you're eligible to use that, but I don't think it's available on other plans or whatever kind of type thing, but it's a nice incentive or promotion that you can use then too. Oh, that's cool. here. Yeah. All right. So where else? Anyway, so that's, I, I, I think at least the shop app. So speaking to, it's obviously helpful for merchants, but for developers, you know, that's, that's a whole new avenue as well yeah. to develop on, uh, since it is a new sales channel, but it's directly tied to the store. And I know we talked a little bit last week about like, there's so much surface area to cover now if you want to be like in Shopify and doing all this stuff, but I think that's a really great place to potentially start like just zoning in on like, oh, I could just be the person that does shop yep. minis or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's what they call it, little shop minis. <laughs> is it nicheable? It sounds like it might be like a good way to kind of have a service yes. or a product, productized consulting thing around that. So, Yes, for sure. Um, let me see right now. Get it. Uh, yeah. Bam. I was trying to see, uh, so was, yeah, I think we covered most of the stuff with checkout extensions too that I wanted to cover. Yeah. At least last time. The biggest part of it though was there are some new APIs for some custom validation around and logic around uh, like delivery, um, which is really, really handy for folks. I know there's a couple of apps currently that will, you know, validate or make suggestions, you know, for like specific like addresses and stuff like that. Cause that's a big problem. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that that would be such a big problem, but I've actually had multiple uh, folks ask about that or have problems with that. Oh, um, working with THC merchants as well, huh? <laughs> THC merchants, no, no. I've, yeah. I, I've just uh, run into that situation or scenario where people are like, uh, apparently trying to, you know, send something to a PO box that can't accept a package or something like that or right. whatever. So, um, yeah, that that's interesting. But the THC thing, I'm sure, is a real big deal uh, <laughs> when it comes to that. But you could probably handle that in just like shipping profiles and stuff too. Um, we're not going to ship to this area or whatever. Um, but yeah, that that's that's a big part. Burp, 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 burp. And I saw that as a thing that would be helpful. I, I don't know if you've seen much or interacted with Gil Greenberg all that much. I online. see him on Twitter all the time, but I don't. Yeah. Know. So, yeah. So super smart guy. He's been on uh, past like editions or whatever they were calling him, uh, you know, back when we had, um, what was it before editions? We were doing like the Unite. actual Shopify events, Unite. So when they moved Unite online, like they they brought him on because he was doing some cool stuff in checkout, and so they released a lot about checkout extensions. And he's he's got an app, so he knows so much about this stuff. But mm. it's really interesting to start seeing Shopify actually. It seems like take some cues because that was something he was starting to build out. I know within some of his apps was some of that validation logic uh, there as well, and addresses blocking specific buyers or like PO boxes and stuff like that. Um, and it seems like now they're they're really taking that as a signal of like, oh, okay, like we're going to make this API now available because sure. this is something people really need. So I think that's cool when Shopify 
kind of listens to and sees things that people are saying like, hey, this is a pain point, and then they build it in. Um, but that just seems like that's a real good signal that they're tied into their own ecosystem then, right? Not eating their own ecosystem, like we talked yeah, about last week, but really tied in. Yeah, that's nice that they are responsive like that. I think, again, the whole reason we're doing what we're doing is because the Shopify developer community is such a great place to be and a great experience. And a big part of that is because they pay so much attention to us. Although I'm sure there's examples where they don't, but I say on the whole, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Overall, you know, because yeah, I'm sure there are there are instances where it's not great, right? And there, there yeah. have been in- instances right before like Shop was really flushed out. There were a handful of like payment um apps or like payment gateway kind of type apps or whatever that they kind of just like forced out like different checkout um so you you get that you understand that to a degree and that stinks or whatever but obviously there's uh that's like big pay dirt for them you know they're a publicly traded company sometimes they're going to have to make decisions that way right even if it's not the best um so yeah but another thing that people have been talking about for a long long time I don't know if you saw this and, and, and zeroed in on this, but they are working on getting updates to support more than 100 product variants. Bum, bum, bum. So that's, that's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. I don't know if you get people complain about that all the time, uh, but I do for sure. So we've done, we've done lots of stuff to like work around that. Uh, yeah. I think my favorite way to work around that currently is we set up like product lists in a meta field and then just link out to it directly on the product page. Oh, wow. Um, so that's simple enough for people to set up. And then we have unique URLs as well uh, on those product pages and stuff like that that they can promote independently. So ultimately, like I've seen that is not a bad thing. I also think there's this concern or issue, right? There's this idea around like good UX or user experience where they, if there are too many options, then people are going to like, I, I don't know. Like, there's just too much yeah. to decide. I don't know if you're like that. I, I personally am very like that. Oh, yeah. Definitely have that. Um, well, I know I have this one client that I work with. They're, um, they sell plants. Mm-hmm. And there might be a better way to do this, but one of the things that's tricky about their business model is that they have plants that are available at certain weeks of the year. Mm, so you, yeah, it's seasonality kind of type thing. Yeah, and it's important not only for the customer in terms of like knowing when that particular plant will arrive, but because mm-hmm. of the way you know it's you manufacture a plant, <laughs> you know, in the greenhouse and all that sort of stuff, they have to have really good tracking around what plants are available and um, inventory control and that kind of stuff. And so one of the ways we, for this particular store we've done it is by having them add variants based on the week that that plant's going to ship. And so for oh, that okay. instance, like they, you know, luckily there's only 52 weeks in a year. So we haven't quite sure. hit that with the 100 variant limit, but I could easily see where there's cases like that, where simply having that ability to utilize variants in a fashion like that is very helpful. And so mm. this is going to be great for those sort of folks. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be huge for, for those situations. Yeah. You run into that a lot. And I think apparel is probably one of the biggest offenders because you've got people who just want to dump everything all into one. So you've got like... Yeah we've got a t-shirt we want to put every single color on there, every single size on there. You know, we want to put with or without, you know, this graphic or whatever on there. We want to put, you know, V neck and regular Mm -hmm. standard, you know? And so it's just like, I don't know. Like I I get the idea of you drop into one and you can build your own shirt or whatever out kind of type thing to me though. I'm, I'm the kind of person and granted, like it might just be, I'm just not, I'm just too simple. 
uh, Carl potentially here. But sure. I, you know, like if I go to a coffee shop or if I go to eat out at a restaurant or whatever, usually I'm just like, I want to get like the same thing every time. It's going to be real simple. I'm going to be like, if I go to a Starbucks or something, I might get like an Americano or something. I want anytime I can get like the number four, I'm just going to get the number four. You know, my wife, on right. the other hand, there's this very long and complicated order that I have to remember that I don't remember. I just have to read off the phone, like a hostage situation, right? Like I well, need, you know, this kind of yeah. type thing. <laughs> like, and then they'll ask the questions, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're just, I, it's so funny. Cause like, I don't know. Um, it's just how my brain works. Like I, I don't, I don't want some, all these options. I just like, yeah. I'm just done. So I think good UX usually lends itself to that, trying to make it as simple as possible for the customer. Even when you, you should have options probably where they can build stuff out themselves for people that do have that but i think the overwhelming majority of folks see too many options as um like debilitating right when you try to like actually go to purchase the product so yeah there's a oh was it blink there's a book is it is it malcolm who wrote that book anyway it's, it's all about the subconscious and decision making and how too many choices mm. are actually really challenging for us so if you like pop psychology that's a good it's a good read that's interesting i'll have to i'll have to take a look we'll have to We'll have to find that and link it up. Yeah, uh, I feel like I have. I I do have that book, Malcolm Gladwell, right? Yes. Well, I'm trying to remember, Blink. I think Blink might have been about the subconscious for some of those. Yes. I don't know. I'll, it's I'll how how it. we. Yeah, I I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. I'm, actually, yeah. I'm trying to think like if Does I does anybody else know what we're talking about? That's the real question. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you know we we'll link it up afterwards. I was checking my bookshelf to see if I had. I think it's upstairs, but I do. Sure. I had started it. Um. And then just stop. But yeah, like unconscious decision making. Yes, you're you're on yeah. the spot. But Baymart Institute, more specific to e-commerce, Carl, um, Sorry. who's done tons of user experience research. Uh, they also, I, I know that they've done stuff on that too, right? Like too many options yeah. is, is not necessarily a good thing. But so either way, when people are complaining about the 100 variant limit, uh, there are some APIs being built out to support that here. Uh, and so we are not terribly far away from that happening uh, as well. Though I do think we're going to see that more still from being supported by apps than native to Shopify personally, but we'll see what happens there. Awesome. Cool. Anything else that really felt like was worth highlighting that hit the spot again this week? Uh, So the only thing I think, and I am trying to find the actual video for this, but Mm -hmm. um, another developer posted on LinkedIn, um, a option where we're going to have to build dev stores to import data directly from an existing store. So right now, Shopify built this out a while ago where um, you can build a dev store, right? And it'll come with pre-populated data. Sure. Which is super helpful instead of having to like add stuff in. So like there's actually some orders in there. There's some products. Like you don't have to mess with all that stuff. However, um, I run into this scenario where we've built out stuff in Metafields and all this other stuff we want to test something out, but you know, we, we don't want to do it on the live store. Right. So I'm going to create a dev store, you know, to like make this happen. The problem is when you go to import and you've heavily leveraged meta fields, uh, you go to import, uh, all that, a theme even into a new dev store or whatever to test all this stuff out. Uh, it'll actually break, uh, because you actually have to have like these meta fields already existing. If it's like referencing meta fields that aren't there. And so 
that that's obviously a problem. So the nice thing is about this new update, and again, I'm trying to find this. Uh, he, he posted a video, but I can't find it. I need to like reach out and just ask for like where did this even come from. Uh, but there, so there is an option where it talks about it in there, um, where there's these dev onboarding improvements. I just didn't see the video on there as well. Uh, but basically, you'd be able to source all that data from an existing store when you build a dev store. And that way, you would totally circumvent this process because it will bring over the meta fields. And that that part's huge, particularly when you've heavily leveraged meta fields, meta objects, and all this other stuff or whatever. If it's already in there, that's going to be huge. Sure. But remind me, when we get to our picks, I have something to say about that. So. Oh, oh, man. Man. I know, oh, right? Oh, man. Um, nice. All right, well, let's, let's go on to our next section. Those of you listening at home, I never realized we actually do have sections. Um, that we just got through our, our main we're, topic section. We're organized now. That's right. We're organized now. But now we're We've moving into a section we call the change log, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so this is where we take a peek at the Shopify developer change log activity over the last week or two, see if anything sticks out to us. And Taylor, you were looking at it, and a couple things really stuck out to you this week. So let's check out about those. What's this first one? Something about AI? Yeah, so it's going to be good. Yeah, you know it's going to be good if it's got AI involved, right? Yeah. So Shopify is using uh, AI now to give a summary based on customer reviews for your Shopify app. So in the App Store, when people visit, it'll have this little snippet here that kind of says, like, this is what customers say about your app. Huh. Uh, And it's really neat uh, the way that they're doing it. And it seems to be. A couple of devs have posted, you know, what theirs says kind of type thing. And it seems to be pretty good. It's a little bit on the repetitive side sometimes, which kind of makes sense. Like a lot of reviews, a lot of times you'll read the same thing over and over sure. again. Um, but the minimum criteria for it, they do have minimum criteria because obviously, you know, if there's an app with two-star reviews or whatever, and you've only got like 10 and you don't want it saying like, people say that this app sucks, like, you know. So Perfect. there, there is a minimum criteria for uh, it has to be four, four, 4.0 stars and up, and then okay. also has to at least have 100 reviews on it before it'll even give the option for the summary to be shown uh, directly in the App Store. So okay. I think it'll be helpful for merchants and app developers. So what it shares then, it, it literally just summarizes all the other reviews into a single summarized review. So it's not like bullet points, it's like an actual like descriptive paragraph or something. Yeah, it's just like a little paragraph. Mm-hmm. And it'll say, this is what people say about this app. So also, pretty, I think, pretty neat. I'm trying to pull up and see if I can find an example here sure. for folks to look at. Just for you to note, too, Taylor, I do think they make noisier keyboards, if you would like one. So, uh, <laughs> good gracious, what, what do you got over there? <laughs> was, it, was it that bad? Uh, it's a Keychron K4. I love this thing. But I do forget how noisy it is. Uh, so that's a, that's a good call out there, Carl. Um... <laughs> But no, okay. So if you look at, so if you pull up the App Store, I'm gonna drop this in our chat here. I'm sorry, so I couldn't you hear you over the sound of you. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to the App Store and look up, I just pulled up. Uh, this is one of the first apps that was on there. Judge.me product reviews. It was just like on the, oh, on the first yeah. page or whatever. They've been around for forever, obviously. So they and they have tons of reviews, good reviews and stuff. But you can see there at the very top of the uh, review section says what merchants think. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of gives you this little like generated summary or whatever, so I think I think that's pretty handy uh, for that to be in there. So um, I do think they probably should do a better job calling out though, like how this is being done. Obviously, it's linked out. It's got a little like uh, little graphic next to it. Yeah. And you can click on it. A little tooltip that says this is generated by Shopify Magic. Magic. Um, 
but I do think because like to me, if I was just a reg a regular regular Joe, you know, scrolling the app store here, I would just assume this is like created by the app themselves, kind of like right. a highlighted feature. So I think if they they should probably call this out a little bit more, but I do think it's nice that it's right there uh, and helpful to some degree. I'd also be curious as an app developer. Obviously, one we know one of the interesting things about AI is that they can hallucinate, right? What if there was something that was generated that is just patently false? Do you have any recourse to Shopify to get that addressed? Ooh, that's. I mean, that's a good. That's a good question because yeah. I could. I do see that like potentially happening, right? I would assume Where they it's thought about that like and they've totally had an answer rough. to it. But yeah, I'd be curious. So. Uh, I think maybe. I think maybe that they can choose to turn it off or on potentially. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to ask about that. I don't remember if that's something that they have, they can actually, well, if it becomes turn a problem, you just do what we all do, which is go on Twitter and complain and hope to get someone's attention. <laughs> hey, that actually happened this week. I don't know. We didn't talk about that, but there was, I don't know if, did you see the trademark hubbub? I did see a little whatever bit about this that, week. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know where that fits into our sections here. Not the change log. <laughs> it's not in the change log, so we're gonna skip right over it. Uh, if you what about you? Did you see? Did, I was gonna say, did you see anything in the change log, or you want oh. me to keep? I'll I'll jabber away at the change log, man. Well, I, I saw I you had stuff. a second thing. So what's what's the next one? I did. I did. So the other cool call out uh, was the one page checkout in the checkout editor so now for those of you that have not played around with this you can actually preview um, everything from one page checkout on your uh, shop to what checkout extensions are going to look like and customizations there so i think that's really handy that they have added this it's in your settings under checkout now you can actually create like draft checkouts mm. views uh, so pretty neat really handy um, still being built out though, obviously just like all this new stuff or whatever. Uh, but I think it is uh, pretty nice, nice little touch. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that too because I've not played around with one page checkouts too much, so this will be nice to see. Well, they're still rolling it out so gradually. I yeah. figured like it would be real heavy, but I, I think they're just taking their time, right? Like it's a, I'm sure that's a pretty big, I'm sure that's a pretty big rollout. And if and if they need to be cautious anywhere, it's with checkout you don't yeah. want to mess with that super heavy right which let's just say like i know it's the change log but if you're a developer and you're developing something and you think there's any potential of large amounts of customers or volume like dude do yourself a favor implement feature flags or some similar system from the get-go so that you have the option to even do something like that right it's just so much nice mm -hmm. to be able to test a new release on a subset of customers be able to enable that feature selectively and then get that feedback before you roll out to the whole thing but again not a change log thing sorry taylor but it's uh it's something we, it's often overlooked but it's stick to the script work, carl so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that's that's good that's good development right in mm -hmm. in general like that's yeah so yeah it's nice to see shopify implementing some of that stuff too so for sure all right so our next section, the final section, is our pick of the week. Pick of I'm going to go first since I've let you go first every time so far. Um, good. Good. Yeah. My pick of the week is uh, an app called Matrixify, which is what I'm using for that import, which I probably mentioned before. The reason I'm picking it is twofold. One, um, it's really helpful. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't looked recently at other opportunities options out there but this one's pretty solid i like the fact that it uh, the build system 
the way it queues it up and presents it to you graphically and shows you the progress. It's slow, but I think, again, that's probably more a Shopify API reality mm. than anything Matrixify is doing wrong. Uh, the other thing I like about it is that I just checked when we were talking about metafields, and it actually does support import and export of metafields. So if you need another way of getting Oh, Matrixify does? Yeah. That's awesome. I haven't I actually used them for that, but that's huge. I know, right? It's probably fairly recent, but they do support that. And there's documentation on, on their site about it, which I will paste in the Slack, or not the Slack, but the chat so that Taylor can include it in the show notes because he's so cool yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I found useful about it too is if you're screwing around with a store, <laughs> say importing a quarter million orders, as one does, and let's say you make a mistake um, and you have a lot of orders you need to get rid of all of a sudden, you can actually use Matrix Fi to do that as well because part of the way it works is in the spreadsheet that you pass off to it, there's a command column where you instruct it like, do you want to create a new record? Do you want to merge into an existing record? Do you want to replace an existing record? Or do you want to delete it? So all you have to do is create a spreadsheet with order numbers and the command to delete and pass it off and it will bulk delete a whole bunch of orders right away, which is way more convenient than trying to do it by hand, if you even can, because some cases you can't do the interface. Right. Have to keep in mind. That's awesome. No, I didn't realize. So I've used Matrixify um, for like like WooCommerce com- uh, migrations. I think is the biggest thing that I've used it for in the past, and and it worked phenomenally for that. But I did not realize about Metafields and yeah. stuff like that. That's that's huge because that is a pain to get moved uh, over when you have to. So that's awesome. If you do use it, it's worth reading through their docs. They've got a lot of general common case stuff set up, but their spreadsheet that they accept for import is a lot of fields. Um, and they talk about each one, and so it's helpful. And the other thing I would throw out, if you do use Matrixify and get an error, um, almost every case that error is being passed up directly from like the Shopify API. So if it doesn't make sense or confusing, think of it not in the context of Matrixify as much as maybe if you were just sending an API request yourself to Shopify, that would be triggering mm-hmm. this, why it might it be happening, so. Um, nice. In Matrixify, they, they are relatively uh, present in the Shopify Slack, and they also have their own Slack as oh, well. Nice. I don't know Did if you know. caught that no, or whatever, but folks in there are uh, relatively helpful in there as well if you run into issues. So that's one of the things I look for when I'm trying to work with a, a client. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for, like, they've got some good support, good community, good documentation or something in some fashion. And so just the fact that they are relatively present in the community and then they've created other places for that as well to get some support when you need it or whatever is really, really nice. Oh, you I need people pick. to bail me out when I run into problems, Carl. That's what I can't call you for everything. Oh, you can. You can. I told you before. You got my number. <laughs> my kids understand. Uh, right. Uh, so, okay, so so my turn here. I'm actually going to, uh, my pick of the week is the display. So, did you, I mean, do you want to like, are you going to do the unboxing now? Do you want to do that at some other time? Or are you going to like rip it open? I, I can, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to like, do you have yours? You want to show it? It's, I don't want to take your thunder, so. Yeah. Well, you no, I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, no, well, I'm, I'll just show you. So this is the box that it comes in. I'm going to keep mine sealed. It's not, you can see it, it's not super... Oh yeah, check it this out. This is in the box. It's really nice. Um, packaging and all this other stuff. It's a wonderful unboxing experience. Uh, it's very important to me. I don't know about to you, but it's it's nice when it's that way. Um, I wish, I don't think my, I'm trying to see if my display 
The cord is long enough. Oh, oh, it is. oh wow. Bam. This is the yeah. one that I bought, and I've got... Okay. <laughs> my cord is just barely long <laughs> enough to reach here. So this thing is super cool. It's like okay, a light so this bright. is a Shopify display. Yeah, and, and it comes... You can, like, set it up. It has an app that oh. you can choose a bunch of different apps that have already been developed for it, right? And it'll just cycle through them. You can set up the to different, uh, you know, timing, the brightness on it. This thing is super bright. It's only at like 40% right now. Uh, and it's this bright. Like when you turn it up all the way, it's killer. So this is the little, the little <laughs> shoppy app that they have. Oh, nice. Uh, but so it's by a company called uh, Titbit. I'm probably saying that Titbite. I don't know how you properly say this or whatever. Uh, but... You can just have it set up. Obviously, they they sell our position as like it's for merchants. Like all my all my numbers, ah, like because we're doing this at the beginning of the month. Like all, so what it's doing right now, it cycles through. Um, since I am training for the sprint try, I actually have it showcase uh, my different events that I'm training for. So that way I can kind of see the month's previous progress. And then based on current workouts I'm doing, it syncs with Strava. It's just a, a workout oh, wow. app, right? Um, but it'll track, you know, swimming, biking, and running, which are the three events in the sprint try. So it's it's good, like motivation, keeps things top of mind. Um, but they do have this option where uh, you can develop apps for it specifically. I think some partners have already done that. So you could hook it up to something if you're like an app dev or a theme dev, like you could probably figure out a way to hook into like revenue numbers and stuff like that. Uh, and you can push, instead of making it publicly available, you can push directly to just your display in case you don't want to like, you know, worry about making sure everything is uh, public facing or whatever kind of type thing. You can just push directly to your own uh, as well. So it's super neat um, as well. It looks really cool. Uh, it's very easy to set up. Um, that's that's the huge advantage. I don't know anybody that has purchased one of these counters. Um, it's a pretty big pain to set up uh, initially or whatever. Just didn't look, wasn't super smooth. I fought with it for a while to get everything up and running the way I wanted to. Uh, but the display is just butter, easy. So love it. What, what if you don't eat animal products? Is your is it? If you don't what now? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If um, you don't eat animal products, um, what is? I was gonna say ghee, but that's just no. That's just a different kind of butter, isn't it? That's know. not helpful. I don't know either. Like, what do all, what do people use butter. if they don't, don't eat animal products? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. You probably don't need butter if you're not eating animal products, though. That's, I'm just frying up vegetables. Like, yeah. Crisco. It's like Crisco. yeah. I, don't know. I think that's animal fat or ah, something, though, isn't I it? I, I think it's, it's like a byproduct term. of something. I don't know. Anyway, look, this is not shop related per se, but I think when you think back to how computing has changed in the last 15 years or whatever like the, the iphone obviously it's revolutionary in so many ways right remember, everybody remembers when it first came out and yeah the impact it had i remember talking to a friend about it who i was like the apps what are the apps because they had you know the sdk wasn't even out when it first came out and like it was basically right. just getting on the web on your phone and it was nice mm-hmm. it'd all be web-based apps right which being a web developer i was like well that's who cares about these sdks and stuff that's where it's at He's like no no no, you you wait and see the apps are where it's at and the apps are where it's at and I think we forget how it not only has changed everything that we think about when we think about the phone, but how it's enabled things like this display, right? Where now mm-hmm. you can write so create so much cool hardware and know that the interface is already taken care of because everybody's got one of these things and right. it just makes it so much more accessible. How would you have done that before? Make a programmatic Shopify display. You'd have to like get a serial cable to plug it into your PC and download a Windows app, you know, that kind of stuff. So 
Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah no, it, it is. That's that's really cool to think about. Uh, and I and I think I the only thing I don't love about so Apple obviously did a lot of cool things there, and I think they're building in maybe some more support for this in the future. Uh, but this idea behind like progressive web apps, I don't know if you yeah. ever jumped into that too much. Uh, but I, I wish there were a lot more allowances for that instead of how they they're really good about gatekeeping uh, everything uh, behind you know Apple right in the name of security and privacy and all this other stuff or whatever because um, I, I do love the idea of uh, progressive web apps and all that stuff or whatever but anymore I don't know I'm, I'm apt out I love that we can develop some of these things but I also don't want to have to develop uh, everything that I can do on the web I'm doing on the web like in a browser you know so yeah but yes Apple for sure revolutionary and pave the way for a lot of that stuff sorry I'm just laughing because this is the pick section I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't give me a tangent to go on uh, sections sections well this is sections everywhere folks that's that's gonna be we need to rebrand the uh, the podcast to sections everywhere remember when everyone right. talked about that all the time yes uh, before online store 2.0 it's like sections everywhere and then that came out and that's all people wanted to talk about so Sections everywhere, folks. We have sections, but they are indeed everywhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, people have bored with us, born with us, bared, bared with us long enough. Um, but this is good. It's good to catch up with you, Taylor, as always. And um, before you go, that race you're running. When is that coming up? Tell us about that. Oh. Oh man, that's um, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. So on, it's August thirteenth. So okay. I'll be, yeah, I'll be down in Columbus. Well, I'll be down in Columbus, here. I'll be down in your neck of the woods this weekend as well. But it's my anniversary uh, weekend, so priorities. Right. I won't, Where are we I won't be able to swing by and see you. So this is. <laughs> I'm gonna tell my wife. This is sorry. I've got to meet up with Carl. You can go shopping or something. Uh, so the the Sunday after that or whatever, it's at. Uh, Deer Creek State Park. Oh yeah. Okay. It's like an hour yeah, so here. we're. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's down there. So I'm pretty excited about it. A little pretty nervous about it, uh, but yeah. I'm glad. Uh, my brother and uh, two of my brother-in-laws are going to be doing it with me. So um, it it should be a lot of fun. Uh, my only goal is to finish, and uh, <laughs> that's it. So not get too too beat by my older brother. You know, I can't let him win. Uh, but he is like 50 pounds lighter than me, so he's probably probably going to smoke me pretty good. Oh. This is a triathlon, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, have you I told him my only hope of... What's that? Have you ever raced in anything, like an actual competition nope, before? not a 5K, nothing. Like, so I played... You just I played start with this, huh? Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> just go all in. Um, I did, well, yeah, I didn't want to do like a... I couldn't just do like a run, like a half marathon or something like that, like... Running's terrible to me. Has always been terrible to me. Uh, I'm a larger, larger guy. It was always uh, you ran because you were getting punished for something, right? I sure. played football in high school and one year in college. Um, but exactly. uh, running has never, never been my forte. Being a larger individual, but um, I, that's why I like the the triathlon at least because it breaks it up. It's not all running, right? You can yeah. do some swim, uh, you can do some bike, and you can do some run. So I uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh don't hate it uh, after I do my first one or whatever, but I'm, I'm excited. It'll be a good thing. 
the thing that always gets me about this kind of stuff is that you have to pay to do this. It's like, oh my goodness, like it's hard enough already. Yeah, right. Well, I like that they throw in like they always throw in like a T-shirt or something oh, to, like yeah. make you feel better about it because like here's you know pay you got to pay a hundred bucks, but you're gonna get a T-shirt out of it. You know, yeah. you're like, oh okay, so this is a hundred dollar T-shirt for me to go and yeah. sweat for a couple hours. Like probably a Gildan. You know, 95% polyester t-shirt or whatever. Yeah, we could. Yeah, it's like it costs them like $4, you know, or whatever. It, yeah, so <laughs> Oh, it'll be worth it. Yeah, I'm going to wear that shirt everywhere, you know. I'm a oh, triathlete, yeah. so, you know. I hey. did the shortest one you could do to call yourself a triathlete, but it's still a triathlete. So. No, I mean, it's legitimate. It's, it's a lot of work you put into this, so I'm excited to hear your post-race report. And uh, I'm sure you'll do great. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited, man. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening and sticking with us. And, Taylor, we'll see you in the next one. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.